awesome, folks, and thank you for listening to Her Story Podcast. H-E-R, Her, is an acronym for Heroic, Empowering, and Resilient, and this is a self-improvement, self-acceptance, and women empowerment podcast. My main purpose is to encourage, empower, and motivate all women by highlighting their personal stories of triumph over adversity. Each of us has a story, an illness, a financial burden, or a dead-end job. In general, unforeseen circumstances can make you feel isolated or alone, but when you feel like you've hit rock bottom, it doesn't mean that it is the end of your story. It is within the darkest nights we produce the brightest stars. There are women out there who have gone through the very same barriers you are facing today, but they didn't give up. In fact, they use their difficulties to mold them into strong and resilient women. And if they can break through their hardships, so can you, because you are her. Heroic, empowering, and resilient. Magnificent morning, folks. Again, this is Jay Jameson with Her Story Podcast. For the past two and a half years, Her Story Podcast has interviewed various women throughout the country. Women who are entrepreneurs, business owners, leaders, phenomenal women in their own right, right? And so today I'm excited to be in partnership with She Is Magazine and the HBCU Experience Movement LLC. Now, you know that this past year, Her Story Podcast has been highlighting the various experiences of prominent alumni throughout the country. We've had conversations with HBCU Queens, HBCU alumni, and today this book is especially unique because this is the first ever HBCU band edition book. The HBCU Experience, the HBCU Band Alumni Edition, which will release at the end of the month on Amazon. So if you are tired of me saying HBCU, this episode is not for you because we are going to celebrate and highlight HBCUs, okay? Now, I am myself a proud alumni of the Southern University and A&M College in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. And ironically, today is our Bayou Classic weekend. You know, it's a COVID reality, so it's not in our traditional city, which is in New Orleans. And you may hear the rain and the thunder in the background. It is storming out here in Louisiana, folks. But I do want to share how prominent and how important the band experience is as it connects to the HBCU experience. So without any further ado, I would like to introduce our phenomenal guest, Miss Ebony Burrow, who is a servant leader, forever learner, and passionate about issues dealing with diversity, inclusion, and equity. Over the last 22 years, Ebony has worked in various roles across industries such as retail, utilities, communications, real estate, finance, and IT consultancy. Ebony has spent the last seven years working as an agile coach, guiding companies and software development teams through the journey of adopting agile working practices. Ebony graduated from the North Carolina A&T State University with a Bachelor of Science in Graphic Communication Systems, returning over a decade later as a distance learner to earn her Master of Science in Information Technology. Her story audience, welcome Miss Ebony, how are you? Hey, I'm 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 energized. I, I love the intro. <laughs> Thank you for having me. Definitely, definitely, definitely. Now, you know, as I was saying, you know, folks that 
aren't familiar with that HBCU experience don't really know how important that HBCU band experience is. When we think about those football games, right, when, again, as I'm looking and thinking about Southern University in Grambling or Southern and J State and many other rivalries between um, different universities, the rivalry isn't just the football team or the sports team, okay? It is focused on the band. The band is the entertainment. Mm-hmm. It connects that tradition. It connects the energy throughout the entire game. So Ebony, if you could, before we actually dive into your HBCU experience, just tell me a little bit about who you are. Um, Well, I am uh, the oldest of two. Um, I am the daughter of a retired information technology um, professional. My my mom spent a lot of time in IT in different spaces and customer service. I'm also the daughter of a retired uh, Army veteran. Uh, education was important in our household. Um, and so my, both of my parents, uh, made sure that my sister and I, uh, picked up on how valuable that was. Um, uh, personally, um, I am a lover of dogs. Uh, so, <laughs> so, but, um, I'm also a lover of movies, books. Um, I pretty much read anything. Um, and like you said, I'm also a, a two decade or more uh, information technology prof- professional. I've spent a lot of time in different roles in different industries, um, but always learning new things. And I am someone who encourages everyone around me um, to always just always be a continuous learner. Um, there's nothing more consistent in life than change. Um, and the best way to be prepared for change is to always be building your knowledge. Um, so that's kind of how I move. Definitely. Yes. Knowledge is definitely power. And I always say, if you're the smartest in the room, you're in the wrong room, right? It's always more room to be receptive and just to learn and to build knowledge. And that's, you know, that's how we build our network of individuals and that's how we build power within our community. So again, thank you so much for sharing those details. And as we talk about the HBCU experience, was an HBCU your first choice? And if not, and if so, why? Uh, yes, an HBCU was my first choice and my only choice. Um, so I uh, applied to North Carolina Agricultural and Technical State University. It was the only college that I applied to, and it was um, my chosen HBCU. Um, I'm originally from Durham, North Carolina, and North Carolina Central was right up the street. Um, it was right up the street from my high school, right across the street from my grandmother. So in a lot of ways, I grew up on North Carolina Central's campus, um, but I was always really, uh, I was in a marching band in high school, and I was always fascinated with bands. Um, so I, I can't remember the first time I saw Auntie's band, but I'll be honest, it was a big driver for me in choosing colleges. Um, my father would tell you the story about how I pretty much decided that if I if I couldn't get into A and T, I was going into the Coast Guard. I don't know why. I, I can't wow. swim. You know, I, it was just some random choice. <laughs> so A and T had to be it. And um, why why an HBCU? Well, you know, I think it was important for me to be somewhere where I felt safe, where I felt valued. And honestly, I just never really considered going anywhere else. Um, in Durham, I am 
You know, I grew up uh, a few minutes away from Duke University. I grew up a few minutes away from UNC Chapel Hill. I spent time on both of their campuses. Um, but something about being at a black college has always felt right. Um, and I can't say I knew I made the right decision going to a black college because as a professional, I moved through the world without any chips on my shoulder. I don't feel like I have to work harder than anybody else to prove my worth because going to an HBCU and specifically A&T always validated my worth and validated my knowledge and my skill and my, my, my value. Um, and what A&T gave to me, of course, you know, being a member of the marching band, <laughs> I'll be honest, that was job one, school came second. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I learned I learned so much. I grew up so much um, just being a part of the the largest the largest community, the largest organization on campus. It was it was wonderful and I wouldn't trade those years for anything. Yes, yes. I can definitely relate. You know, that HBCU experience for me was really the best four years of my life. I, I say all the time, time and again, I owe it all to Southern U. And what, what you say that really stuck out to me was that Going to North Carolina A&T, it validated your knowledge, your skills, and your values. And, you know, now HBCUs are finally being highlighted in a positive light across the country, right? And for those who didn't get it at first, they definitely missed out. That experience, that education, having just a network of individuals who may look like you, um, outward appearance, right? That representation, but the diversity within itself, within our culture, amongst many students throughout the country is still experiencing captured within that HBCU experience. And so, as we're focusing on the HBCU experience and again, you being a woman in the band, many times, you know, women may be outnumbered in certain bands and things um, may be different for a female or a woman in the band. So how did that experience shape you to break barriers in other industries throughout your life? I have to say, you know, when, when I think about my band experience, I Personally, I was quiet. You know, by the time I was a freshman in college and I got, got to Ante and I got, you know, I started going to, um, band camp during the summer and preparing for the, preparing for the marching season. I was quiet. I was a quiet kid. And one thing I saw about being a member of the, a band was that, you know, all voices were welcome. Um, I didn't, I did not get the feeling that the band was a place for for men to lead and for women to follow. Um, the message I got was the band was a place for leaders to be developed, for talent to be developed, um, for people. For it, it was the first place where I learned about influence um, and levels of influence before I even really understood what that was. Um, so I think you know, in my experience, what I saw were uh, I saw, you know, we were loud, we were talkative, that, you know, that's kind of, you know, that energy of being in a marching band. But I, what I also saw were women who weren't afraid to just be their, their, their unapologetic, authentic selves. You know, if they were boisterous, if they were cocky, if they were challenging, all of that energy was welcomed and it helped me grow into my own womanhood. You know, and just realize that 
I was a part of an institution where all of these things made us better. You know, it, it made us, it made us, and at the time we were the small band with the big sound. And so all of that energy made this small band, especially in comparison to Southern and, and FAMU and a lot of other um, larger marching band organizations, we didn't care how big and how loud other bands were. As far as we was concerned, we were just as good. We were just as loud. We were just as skilled. And I think the women helped to drive, the women in the band definitely helped to drive that energy, especially I was a flute and piccolo player. And so definitely, you know, the, the leaders in my section and the leaders in all of the sections, they were strong women. And I am, I am, blessed and honored to have known them and have marched beside them because they helped shape me. Love it. Love it. And, you know, you said it really helped you grow into your own womanhood, right? And so many of the things that you do today, of course, it attributes to that experience with being a woman in the band, as you just shared. And Ebony, um, I do want to ask you another question as it focuses on the building of your own brand, right? So EBK Syndicate Partners with Florida A&M University and North Carolina Central University to promote the values of agile concept, uh, agile concepts and practices and professions. Could you really go into further detail of what are these agile concepts? How has just shaped you, your career and your passion? And what other offerings and trainings that you are giving within this profession? Sure, absolutely. So I, I know the agile as a term might be new to a lot of your listeners, so I'll just kind of give you a brief overview. Um, agile is about a better way of working. Um, it, the, 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 the Agile Manifesto was signed by a group of software developers. And briefly, the manifesto states, uh, that we value individuals and interactions over processes and tools, working software over comprehensive documentation, customer collaboration over contract negotiation, and responding to change over following a plan. So those are the four major values of Agile. Um, there are 12 principles that I won't bore you with. But the first off, Agile is a mindset. It, it's about finding better ways to approach work, to think about work, solving problems. And this is any kind of work. Even though Agile as a concept um, was birthed out of software development, it can be applied to all different industries, different types of work. Um, and we see it in government, manufacturing, of course, engineering and technology, but also marketing, aerospace, um, you, utilities, um, so et cetera, et cetera. It, it spans the gamut. Um, and it is a growing practice that's being adopted by uh, a large and large, medium and small organizations. Um, so what we do at EBK Syndicate is we teach, we provide uh, training and certifications around the scaled Agile framework. So think of Agile as this big umbrella and under the umbrella are all of these different ways to actually do it. So there are all of these different processes under the umbrella. Scaled Agile Framework is one of those processes, and my partner and I, my partner is Bowie Kalala. He is a Florida A&M graduate. Um, we decided that we wanted to bring this type of training and certification and expose our HBCU community to these Agile concepts 
these uh, professional certifications really help people understand and learn more about what Agile is about, how they could use it in their in their careers, within their organizations, and really be Agile leaders. Um, there are specific uh, roles and jobs that are targeted towards Agile Agile knowledge. Um, I am an Agile coach, so <laughs> all, all I do all day, every day is Agile. I teach, I train, I develop workshops, um, and I coach whole organizations. And, and team. So my my whole my whole profession is agile centric. Um, but we did some research and we realized there aren't really any HBCUs that have either done a great job at advertising the fact that they um, have programs centered around agile teaching, or they just don't have them at all. And we feel like HBCUs, um, to your point earlier. HBCUs are getting a lot of uh, a lot of buzz, a lot of spotlight, and we want to make we want to be a part of helping our community compete um, in um, in, a, in a wider frame. And so, um, partnering with North Carolina Central and FAMU and their continuing education programs, we're helping to introduce this type of learning and training to professionals that have come out of that pipeline. Um, so, you know, it's just our way to help grow the knowledge within our community and also breed more diversity in the space. Um, a lot of people that I've worked with over the years are not used to seeing someone who is an agile coach that looks like me. Um, and we want to make sure that uh, we are we are changing the space or, or helping to educate people about the fact that uh, agile practitioners um, at every level um, are are people of color, are Black people specifically, and we come out of HBCU. Yes, yes. And, you know, that's what it's really about, how you really stress that EBK Syndicate, it you partner with HBCUs, right? It's about learning. It's about growing knowledge. It's about building a network of like-minded individuals and really helping them leverage and, and grow their work, right? And so when we think about giving back mm-hmm. in the connections with different universities, are you still connected to North Carolina A&T alumni, band alumni, any association? How are you still connected to the band? Uh, I'll say that uh, today I am loosely connected to the band. Um, I'm not a member of the alumni band. Um, I've been asked uh, every homecoming I go and I, um, I fellowship with all my bandmates from years ago. Um, and sometimes I get to know some of the kids that are still in the band. And, you know, someone has always asked me, Ed, you should come and join the alumni band and so forth. And it looks so fun, but I can't play anymore. Like I said, really? <laughs> I still have my <laughs> instrument, but um, my I, my embouchure is is trash. Like I I couldn't <laughs> form the right shape in my mouth to play my flute if I wanted. To. <laughs> but but look, your time on the yard. Um, but I, I, still, bet you, I bet your time on the yard. I know. Wasn't, <laughs> yeah, it's 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 tough. I can't. You know, I couldn't even pretend to do it. And but I have all of the sheet music that I collected over the years. Um, I am close friends with many many many. Uh, women and men who were in the marching band with me, we stay in touch. Um, there's quite a few of, few of us that live in Charlotte, so we we make sure we keep in touch. We stay together. Um, I've grown to know their children. 
Um, so even though nowadays I am pretty much an, an observer, I am a, a marching band fan. I still love HBCU bands to this day. Um, I still try to listen with my musical ear. Um, but you know, I'm, I'm, I'm a fan and I, I, I love being a fan and I, and I love telling my coworkers, um, who are not, uh, from the HBCU community or, or, or not people of color. I love talking about how valuable the marching band is. You know, I love talking to them about how powerful the experience is, what we learn from it. Um, and I encourage them to go to HBCU games. You know, I said, look, if you ever get a chance to go to homecoming, especially at AMC, if you ever get a chance to go to GHO, go, go make sure you are seated in your, you were seated at halftime. It is different. If you went to a PWI, we don't go to the concession, concession stand at halftime. We're right. all seated. <laughs> if you can try to get directly in front of the band, you, you need to be enveloped in the power of this music. <laughs> yes. Um, yes. but yeah, I, I love evangelizing all things HBCU culture, um, and especially band culture. Definitely. And you, you know, you really hit my next question. I was about to ask you, you know, why the band is so instrumental to the HBCU experience, but you, you know, you highlight it right there, like the band, the experience at the game, the root and tradition. And again, the, the band is the game. I will continuously say that, you know, I love the team, <laughs> but the band is the game. I want to, I want to hear the jukes. I want to hear the band playing. And so, you know, I know that a lot of young women um, may be interested in um, trying music, maybe interested in trying out for the band. But what they don't hear are these powerful and positive stories. What they don't hear is young, successful Black women using their HBCU experiences, using their band experiences, and how it has helped them build out their different companies and projects and careers. So this is also why this conversation is so important. And I do have younger audiences that pay attention, who are listening. I also mentor young ladies. So to a young woman interested in music and HBCU bands, what advice would you give them? Um, my advice, uh, let's see, that's a good, a really good question. Um, uh, I guess I'll just try to transport myself back to when I knew that I was interested in being a part of A&T's marching band and maybe what I did to prepare myself. Um, I, I went and I met with people who were already members of the marching band. Um, and I tried to learn about, cause you know, even though, so there, there are levels to this, right? There's, there's HBCU marching band culture and then there's the marching band culture at a specific university. And I think it's important to get an idea about, you know, who the director is, how they lead, um, what, what they instill in their section leaders and, you know, what get an understanding of, um, I think it's important to get an understanding of the level of excellence that's, that is expected. Um, I do think maybe not so much now, um, because marching bands, um, marching bands have gotten, uh, so much, so much spotlight over the years. We're featured in movies now and we see them in parades and, you know, thank God for YouTube and social media. It's so much easier to see and experience in some way, um, all of the magic of HBC marching bands. 
But I, I wonder if people will really understand the amount of work that goes into being in the marching band. Um, they're not just, you know, people in the marching band aren't just music majors. You know, they aren't people that are, they aren't all going to be, or, you know, studying to be music directors or music teachers or educators and, um, or, or professional musicians. They are engineers. They are pre-med. They are technologists. They are, you know, they are majoring in education and nursing. All, you know, they have all different types of majors. And your life becomes marching band. You know, it is the band and it is your schoolwork. You are living and breathing marching band with the rest of your bandmates. You can, you will probably party with your bandmates. <laughs> um, you'll probably get in a little trouble with your bandmates because they become your best friends. Um, so I think it's important for young people who are interested in, in joining the marching band to understand that there is a bit of a sacrifice. There are things that, there are things that are going to be going on on campus that it's going to be hard for you to participate in because if you are trying to keep your grades up, and make sure that you are maintaining a level of excellence as a musician and a performer, then, you know, you're going to have to make a choice. And um, I happily made that choice for two years being in a marching band. Um, I, I had to stop marching after two years because I was too close to flunking out of school, but that is a whole other story. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> but... When I finally did decide to really just focus on being a student, I had to get to know, I had to get to know my university. You know, there were so many things that were going on at A&T that I just didn't know anything about because I was heavily involved in my band culture and, and my friend, they were my family away from my family. Um, I think that it's a trade off, but it's a positive one. And this continues to be a network that I remain close to. And that looks out for me. Um, even now I'm 43 years old and I can't say enough about all of my bands, all of my band family, um, who have looked out for me, um, in so many ways. Yes. Yes. And you know, that family and that tradition will carry you throughout your entire life. Right. And, what also is important that hard work pays off, hard work pays off. So if you are determined and if it's something that you're passionate about, you can definitely accomplish it. So with, with hard work, like you said, comes much sacrifice. Now, I'm reading oh, your yeah. bio and I see a, a great quote. You said, I never wanted to be an entrepreneur. I only wanted to do work that I cared about and brought me joy. And I always say this is important, right? Many people focus on being serial entrepreneurs or developing multiple projects. But if you're not passionate about it, if you don't enjoy it, you will feel trapped and you will always be looking for right. what is that void? What is next? Not because it's something that you are genuinely interested in expanding or building, but because you're ultimately unsatisfied. So if you could just go into a little more detail about the various projects that you're a part of. I know you have EBK Syndicate, but also I see that you're a career coach and you have many other things that you are focused on and partnering to help children and so much more. Yes. Um, <clears throat> so a few years ago, where well, it was over a decade ago when I moved to Charlotte, 
Um, because I'm such an avid reader, um, I was a only a only child for a long time. And my family likes to tell stories about how when I was a kid and I could barely talk, I was always walking around with a book. That really hasn't changed that much. <laughs> um, and because I'm so busy, um, th- I'm, I'm thankful for podcasts. I'm thankful for audiobooks. So if I'm not reading something, I'm listening to something, um, all for the sake of just learning something new. Uh, but I learned here in um, Charlotte Mecklenburg schools have this program for called Reading Buddies. And basically, uh, I joined the Reading Buddies to help uh, to help third graders improve their reading acumen. Um, I think there's some data that says if you can get a child to reading at or above third grade level by the time they're in third grade, then it, they're set up for they're set up to be successful for the rest of their academic career. Um, so I was really passionate about that. Um, you mentioned the work that I do with Next Path Career Coaching. This actually kind of started out as a hobby for me um, because I've had a, <laughs> I've had a lot of different jobs and I probably had like four different careers within the space of IT. Um, I learned a lot when it came to representing myself on paper um, with my resume. Um, because I've gone on hundreds of interviews, um, I've learned about um, how to carry myself in an interview, how to sell myself, um, and be authentic when I do it. Um, I've learned a lot about negotiating my salary, asking for what I want, and being being willing to walk away uh, if the opportunity really isn't in full, really isn't in alignment with what's important to me. Um, and so all of those things that I experienced just kind of moving through up and through my career, I wanted to, I wanted to figure out a way to share that with other people. Um, so I started Next Path Career Coaching. Um, and through that, I help people write resumes or format resumes. Um, I help people identify career career opportunities, not just jobs. You know, I think when people think about career coaching or counseling or anything in that arena, they're thinking about someone that can just help them get a job. Um, but what we try to do, and I think, and I'll just speak for myself, I think what's important is to help people find work that they feel good about um, and that's rewarding for them. Uh, we, we definitely want people to, uh, and, and I'll be honest, a lot of, most of the people that I work with are black women. And I think, uh, a lot of them come to me and they're a little skeptical about whether or not they are, they have the skills in order to do some of the work that they find really interesting. Uh, they question themselves. And part of my role as their coach is to, is to validate them and to say, you know, what you what you have done in your past matters. The work you've done matters. The career that you've built so far matters. And I'll help you align that work to, to something that is that is really interesting to you. Um, so for me, it's not just about helping people find jobs. It's about helping people um, move into careers that they can grow in and they can and if they desire to be leaders in. Um, and then, of course, EBK Syndicate takes up a lot of my time. Uh, that's professional training that we offer. Um, and then, of course, in my full-time role as an Agile Coach consultant, uh, during, I work with lots of different clients, um, and I also do a lot of coaching internally for my company. 
Um, I spend a lot of time in our employee research group, um, Afro Professionals and Allies at Insight. Insight is the company that I work for. I uh, was one of the founding members of this resource group. And um, I always look for opportunities to help us grow, create allyship, um, and partner with other resource groups in our in our company. So, yeah, I, I stay pretty busy. Uh, right. <laughs> but I'm not busy for the sake of being busy. I'm busy doing things that I really enjoy. And um, sometimes I lose a little sleep, but, you know, it's hard to complain when you're doing something that you love. Right. And, and, you know, and you're giving back and you're helping others. And that's what it's all about. It's all about providing resources. Again, it's all about connecting the dots and really helping people grow. And thank you so much for that. You know, often people only think about self, but you are really helping others grow into who they are. And it, it's, you know, it will be rewarded and you will continue to get many blessings. So thank you so much for that, Ebony. And, you know, thank you. Thank you for saying that. Definitely, definitely. And, you know, with you wearing so many hats <laughs> and with you involved in so much, how can individuals actually contact you if they're interested in any one of your projects? Do you have any social media contacts or social media handles? Uh, yes. So um, on Instagram, I am eBuggers. So that is E-B-U-G-G-E-R-S. Um, on Twitter, I am the eBuggers. On Facebook, um, I forgot what my Facebook URL is, but I think you could just search for my name, Ebony Burroughs. Um, and um, I, I have two websites. You can find me at ebksyndicate.com um, or you can find me at Next Path Career. What is it? <laughs> I can't remember my, <laughs> I can't remember my website address. Um, you can find me at Next Path. Yes, nextpathcc.com. And nextpath is N-E-X-P-A-T-H-C-C.com. Good. Awesome. Awesome. Look, it is completely okay. You know, um, some other guests, they were struggling too. Like, look, I have about 10 different pages and I'm, I'm trying to remember all of them. And I was like, I feel you. Okay. <laughs> I definitely understand. Yeah. We're, we're all over the place. <laughs> right. I was like so many times I'm like, you know, follow me at her story. I don't remember the rest, but you know, if you <laughs> But, um, but one quick thing I would like to add um, is one of the things that all of my work, um, all, of, all of the work that I do is centered around servant leadership. And when I'm doing any type of mentorship or coaching, whether it's in the agile space or the career space, um, everything is servant leadership for me. So I am always um, employing others to reach back, um, to share the knowledge. Knowledge is free. Um, it's time, time is money, but knowledge is free. Right. <laughs> so whatever, whatever I can give to other people, um, as they learn and they grow, I encourage them to be mentors to others. Um, so hopefully, you know, that, that starts to spread with the work that I do. Definitely. Yes. Mentorship is so important. Mentorship of the youth and just individuals in, in general. And again, thank you so much, which you have poured into others. And audience, in Absolutely. closing, in closing, guys, 
I, you know, I really, again, thoroughly enjoyed Ebony, thoroughly enjoyed her story. If you are empowered or motivated in any way, tell a friend to tell a friend. And always remember that your story is not solely for you. It's meant to be shared with other women and provide hope to those facing similar situations. This is a space a transparent space to grow, to learn, and to build. So you definitely don't have to be ashamed or embarrassed to share your story. You are a victor, a winner, and you will not be defeated in any type of circumstance within life because you declare growth and prosperity. So if you, again, were empowered listening to Her Story podcast, please listen on SoundCloud, Google Play, or Apple Podcasts. You can find Her Story Podcast on Instagram at herstory underscore podcast. And we are also on Facebook. Search Her Story Podcast. And again, this is Jay Jameson with Her Story and we are out.